0: welcome back to another episode of the weekly rundown presented by the Minnesota daily. I'm your host, Nolan O'Hara here at the university of Minnesota. We just wrapped up spring break and it ended just in time to shift gears into the volleyball tournament. The Gophers earned the number three seed in the tournament, which means under this year's way, it's being set up. Um, they they received a first round bye, and they'll play the winner of Georgia tech and Lipscomb, which is just about underway. It'll be, it'll be on in about 40 minutes here. Um, So they'll play the winner of that game uh, tomorrow, on Thursday, when this podcast will be out. So to discuss a little bit about the tournament, I'm here with Brendan O'Brien, who's been covering volleyball all season for us at The Daily. How are you doing, Brendan?
1: I'm doing pretty well,
0: Nolan. Glad to be back with you after spring break. Yeah, for sure. How was
1: your break? Uh, Definitely needed. Still needed to uh, do some homework during the break, too. But uh, just got three more weeks left, and then uh, we'll be done with, uh, everything else, but obviously still covering this team, depending on how far they go.
0: For sure. Done forever too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kind of scary, but we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> scary stuff for sure, but it's it's going to be nice to wrap up. And I agree. The break was definitely needed. Um, but I am glad to be back and talking about volleyball. You know, they had a media call yesterday that, you know, we were both on. Um, but to get started here, let's just talk about, you know, a little recap of the season. I think the last time we talked about volleyball on the podcast the Gophers were four and zero, so a lot's kind of happened since then. Um, they ended the season on a four game win streak, you know, a couple of sweeps to close it out. Um, but since the last time you've been on the podcast, what have you seen from this team, and what have they been able to do to kind of reach this, you know, number three seed in the tournament? Overall, for a team that I believe
1: is fifteen and two, it has been somewhat of a roller coaster season, or as like Hugh McCutcheon would say, like it's been filled with plenty of ebbs and flows. Um, after the 4-0 start, they actually hadn't even lost a set yet. Um, they were still were playing well against really tough Big Ten competition, and the Big Ten is definitely one of the uh, top conferences um, in the country. They had, in three consecutive weeks, they played matches against Purdue. I believe both those matches went to f- uh, five sets. They won both of those. Then they played against Penn State, took care of business there um, pretty handily. And then took on Nebraska, split the uh, two matches there. But following that, they had to miss uh, two consecutive weeks uh, due to COVID concerns, whether it was in their program or in their opponent's program. So they weren't able to play teams like Michigan. Ohio State would have been another really good test for them. Um, Then they got back on the court, played against Illinois. Missed one against uh, Wisconsin, again, due to um, injuries and then COVID. And then it's kind of been about piecing things together towards the end of the year, making sure that they get a little bit more momentum going towards the tournament, Um, getting more players accustomed to playing uh, certain roles with
0: uh, different injuries um, that I know we're also going to talk about here. For sure. Yeah, it's you know, it's been for every sports team this year, it's just been an up and down kind of uh kind of a year. Um, and you know, it comes with those challenges, the cancellations, the injuries. Um, you know, they got Melanie back like you mentioned, so that's that's good to see. CC's still out as of now, not expecting her to play on Thursday. Um, but I guess overall, how's the team been able to adjust to these injuries to having multiple match cancellations and what is you know, what have they kind of done in players absences
1: yeah the rotation mainly has um, stayed the same in their last four matches between Northwestern and against Iowa obviously you have players like Stephanie Samity and Rollins who are their two hitters that will start out the game Um, Pittman and Rubright there's some technicalities for who's the true starter but Pittman usually spends most of the time um, being the middle blocker um, Kill Kelly has been in the back row. Without CeCe um, in the back row as the Libro, they've had to put in uh, Jenna Wennis, which is actually interesting because on the Gophers roster, she's listed as a hitter. But I'm sure obviously the Gophers bring in plenty of just overall talented players, so they expect different players to fill different roles when needed. Um, Shaftmaster came back as the setter. Um, that's been an Important part of getting their hitters involved offensively again, um, as well as also having a little bit more of a defensive presence. Just because she does, um, she is a really tall player at six three. The other two setters, I believe, are under six foot. So in the Wisconsin match, when Shaftmaster wasn't playing, you could tell that uh, they were kind of attacking um, those two setters when they were out there. And then, obviously, uh, Taylor Lanfair is just another uh, player that uh, rotates through um, at the hitting spot. And so, overall, it looks like they've become much more comfortable in these last four games um, with making those adjustments um, and rotating players through again. They tried rotating um, two setters in the Wisconsin match instead of just one like they have with uh, Melanie. But but that they you could just tell all night they were not – themselves and they weren't really that comfortable getting Melanie back they just stuck to one setter they pretty much plugged uh, Jenna in to the back row with obviously some minor tweaks into uh, how they rotate through players Uh, but it seems to be going smoothly the one key thing I would like to add at the end though um, after saying all of that is they were playing Big Ten opponents that are towards the bottom of the conference in Iowa and Northwestern So that can definitely help build up confidence, but also it might not be a perfect test of where this team is at, too.
0: Right. Not the, you know, um, Nebraska and Penn States and Wisconsin's that they could eventually see in the tournament, although not for a while, interestingly enough. Um, But, you know, the challenge of the seasons haven't Challenges of the season haven't stopped since they've reached the tournament. Now you know, like we talked about earlier, CC is still out for the time being, um, and you know, we, there's been some stuff coming out about the conditions of the tournament too, which you know kind of came right after we saw the differences between the men's and women's basketball tournaments. Um, you know, they've had a long layoff. They're trying to test into the bubble there in Omaha. They haven't been able to take the court. McCutcheon said they wouldn't take the court until Thursday, which is the same day they play a game. Um, I guess, you know, what has kind of McCutcheon said about that yesterday on the call, and, you know, how has this team been able to respond to all that adversity?
1: Um, I mean, the biggest thing that they've been focusing on is just themselves as a team and how they can improve. Um, I know that's kind of been their mantra the whole season, is not to look too far and uh, – to the future of who they might be playing uh things like that and and this year especially it makes sense when you're not sure what's uh going to happen as far as testing goes um as far as just mccutcheon's response to you know how this tournament is uh formatted and kind of set up in a bubble uh, he definitely you know addressed that there are plenty of differences in how this year Uh, would be set up and how they would need to adjust. Um, And they really have just been kind of focusing more on themselves overall rather than, like, the bigger picture of uh, the tournament. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, they've been responding, you know, pretty well to this adversity, at least from what they've been saying and just as far as how they've, uh, you know, been focusing
0: on it kind of similar to uh, last season too i know that's kind of like what they that, that's kind of been their their mantra um throughout you know probably every year since mccutcheon's been here um they've been able to make it make it through and it'll be interesting to see how they respond here in the tournament coming up um but you know you also recently wrote an article that will run tomorrow same day this podcast will come out um you know, kind of an overview of the tournament. You you jotted down some of the key headlines going in, I guess. Could you give the cliff notes of that version here? We'll, we'll make sure people read it, uh, plug the article. Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, there's pretty much four main sections of the article just uh, kind of previewing what uh, the tournament's um, entailing. Uh, the first is just how the t- tournament is formatted uh, differently due to COVID. Um, it's just as far as location, seeds, a lot less teams, a lot less teams, uh, who, who, uh, is playing who and when they're going to be playing. The second is just about the Gophers roster. Um, and the mix of experience and youth. We talked about the roster before there's a lot of different seniors and, um, juniors who have gone through the tournament before, but then there's also a few inexperienced players as well um just how they will play just without uh cc in the back row and then just a look ahead at uh, the potential opponents that um, they could play in their region
0: for sure and you know what do you think are some keys for this team um looking into the tournament you know both offensively with you know some of the hitters they have and then defensively like you mentioned you know trying to make this work without cc there i guess what do you expect to see from them um Coming up in this first match, and should there be any more uh, moving forward? I will say
1: no disrespect to um, Lipscomb or uh, Georgia Tech, the winner of that match. But in that first match for the Gophers in the second round of the tournament, I would expect to see a player like Stephanie Samedy, um put up good numbers uh, because uh, they're going to try to get her rolling as um, the main offensive component uh, on the team. But again, some of these higher-seeded teams in the tournament, if the Gophers were to advance, um, I would expect to see players like Taylor Lamfair and Adana Rollins uh, need to kind of step up and get rolling offensively too because some of these good teams in the Big Ten, if, they're, if they have the personnel and if they're just you know able to on that given night, they'll send a lot more uh, blockers uh, Samity's way. And it's basically just obviously the concept of we're going to try to take away what you do best and f- make you play, you know, your second best hand or third best hand. So I, I would also argue, though, that Landfair and Rollins, if you're really considering them, you know, your second and third best hand, they're still obviously really... A pretty good hand. Right, exactly. Might not be
0: a royal flush, but it might be a full house. Exactly, right. So
1: it's not like the Gophers are in any trouble necessarily. It's just that those two players will definitely need to step up in the tournament. It'll also be interesting to see... Two just thinking a little bit more about it, the Gophers blockers themselves offensively haven't gotten involved as much throughout the year as far as um just attacking. So we'll see if, you know, that changes at all in the tournament. They've had, you know, this almost a week, roughly, maybe even more than a week off to prepare um and maybe add some elements to the offense. So that could be one area where more blockers get involved offensively. And then defensively, I think it's mostly about creating their own energy, which is something they've just had to do in general this season without any fans, um, home or away, and just kind of be willing to uh, you know, sacrifice themselves for a point. And I think defensively, that's going to be really key in some of these tighter matches as long as they advance because when they weren't playing well defensively and they got out of system – it definitely showed against uh, teams like Nebraska when CC was in the lineup, but then also against Wisconsin um, when she wasn't too. So you can definitely tell when they're not getting things uh, going defensively that um, it's hard for them to kind of uh, come back in some of these sets. For
0: sure, yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance all of it. Um, it should be a lot of fun to watch. I know I'm excited for this tournament and. You know, one of the things you mentioned earlier is the Gophers like to place a lot of focus on what they're doing, not necessarily what the other team's doing, but still, you know, they're going to be across from either Lipscomb or Georgia Tech on Thursday. So, you know, that game's about to be underway. I guess, what do you know about these teams and do you think, you know, what do you think about the either matchup um, in this, in this next one that will be, you know, happening here this Thursday?
1: Sure. Uh, again, no disrespect to those two teams. Obviously, they're two of the forty-eight teams in the tournament. Um, I would just say though, like n- no matter who the opponent is, I would obviously uh, think the Gophers will come out with a victory there. They have obvi- in the past few years the opponent that they've played in the first round. They've taken care of business pretty, uh, pretty easily. Um, Georgia Tech is obviously a bigger name, Power Five school, and. Pretty much every other sport, uh, one of four teams in the ACC um, that's in the tournament uh, this year. At uh, let me pull it up here, thirteen and four, and then Lipscomb. Lipscomb, uh, excuse me, is seventeen and two. Obviously, a little bit um, of a lower tiered uh, school, not in uh, the Power Five, so um obviously don't know as much about that those two teams as uh the gophers but those are just kind of some like early thoughts on um the matchup for tomorrow
0: for sure yeah generally in the last couple years anyways they've they've gotten through those first round matchups pretty easily and quickly so i generally expect the same um but looking down the rest of the bracket too you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams out there um you know, Louisville is one of the teams in the Gophers' bracket who the Gophers beat in five sets last year in the tournament. Um, I guess, your, what are your thoughts on this Minnesota side of the bracket? Um, there's no potential Big Ten matchups until the Final Four, which is interesting, where Purdue could make it and the Gophers could play Purdue there. But, you know, that's way, way down the line still. But I guess, what are your thoughts on this bracket and, and um, you know, how the Gophers will fare? Yeah, yeah. Um there's three
1: other. The way it works is there's only uh, 16 total teams seated uh, in the bra- in the overall bracket, and then there's uh, four teams in each region. Then that would be seated. So the Gophers are the three seed, and then they the other seeded opponents they could play if things were to kind of go chalk and there weren't any major upsets. Six seeded Washington, uh, 11 seeded Louisville, and 14 seeded Utah if, uh, for those that aren't necessarily familiar with the bracket yet. Um, so Washington and Utah are two teams that are a part of the, uh, PAC 12, which is traditionally known as if the big 10 is if considered by some to be the top volleyball conference, well, then the PAC 12 is pretty much, uh, the one a to um, the big 10s one, um, Stanford won the, pac twelve, or while they won the national championship rather last year, uh, Washington. You I believe Gophers in
0: the Final Four,
1: exactly. So Washington is a team now that I believe they were the top team in the Pack twelve this year. I might be incorrect about that. And then Utah at uh, I believe it says thirteen and four. Um, those are two teams that obviously could definitely uh, you know bring. Um, The Gophers, just some trouble because, again, they're just top-seeded teams in this tournament as well. Uh, Louisville, it would be, you know, obviously an interesting rematch. It would be uh, that revenge game for uh, the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, You know, obviously Gophers fans uh, wouldn't want that to happen um, if uh, Louisville was uh, to meet the Gophers. But, um, you know, overall, I think it's going to be a little – tough against some of those opponents but again as a three seed in this tournament um overall i think they're going to be um you know just fine if they you know if everything kind of holds true and they stay healthy
0: for sure i i know one thing i do love doing on this podcast is is doing predictions so that being said looking at the bracket here what are what's your final four prediction and who is your your championship winner
1: um, I'm just looking at the bracket right now. So I probably will go with Wisconsin because they are undefeated and they're the uh, overall one seed. They do have some traditionally – well, they have one traditionally tough school in Florida in their region. Um, Ohio State is a Big Ten team that is tough too, but I guess I'll go with Wisconsin there. I do think in the uh, region below them, I'll go with Texas. I think I'm going to go with what uh, you had talked about off air too. I'm going to pick the Gophers in their region. And then, yeah, I will pick Kentucky as well. So the Gophers won't necessarily meet a Big Ten opponent if they do at all in the tournament until potentially the championship.
0: And who's your championship winner?
1: I did forget about that. Um, <laughs> I will say that Wisconsin, the one match that I was able to see of them, which was against the Gophers, they looked uh, extremely tough. Um, and they were just, it looked like they were just attacking from everywhere. Uh, so I think that is going to be a little bit tough if the Gophers uh, were to meet them. So I, I think I, unfortunately, I will pick uh, Wisconsin. I'm going to go Chalk.
0: I'm going to go Chalk. Yeah, I don't think uh Gophers fans are going <laughs> to like this cuz I think I'm going to pick Wisconsin as well. They're they're tough and they don't have a Catherine Plummer to run into this year in the championship game. Um but I do think yeah, final four like you said I said off air. That was those were same four picks I had. Um so it'll be an interesting road to get there and we'll see what happens and see how it unfolds. But do you have any other thoughts on the tournament or the Gophers uh looking towards this tournament coming up
1: uh no I don't I uh, think so I think we covered it all I'm just looking forward to uh getting to watch some volleyball get looking forward to seeing them get to play you know different competition too um it's definitely going to be fun um and yeah hope everyone else enjoys it too
0: for sure I mean I know they played Fairfield in the first round last year and I didn't, I didn't know anything about Fairfield I did not even hadn't even heard of Fairfield <laughs> to be perfectly honest but it is fun to see all these different schools um competing and, you know, making the tournament. It should be a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, thank you again for joining us. Appreciate you hopping on here and on short notice too.
1: Yeah, no problem, Nolan. Thanks for having me.
0: Another news, Gophers Cross Country runner Bethany Haas was named the Big Ten Co-Track Athlete of the Week after dominating the 5,000 meter at the Big Ten Indiana Invite on Friday. time of 15 minutes at 43.58 seconds broke her own program record and was 43 seconds faster than the runner-up gophers track and field runner amira young was named the 2021 women big 10 women's track athlete of championships in the big 10 championships young earned titles in the 60 and 200 meter races gophers goalie jack lafontaine took home the mike richter award which is given to the best collegiate goaltender Fontaine also garnered West First Team All-American honors along with forward Samperanta who recently signed with the Colorado Avalanche. LaFontaine announced he will use his extra year of eligibility and return to Minnesota next season instead of going to the NHL. The Gophers softball team is riding a five-game win streak into its series this weekend against Nebraska after sweeping Northwestern in a four-game series last weekend. Infielder McKenna Partain was named Big Ten Player of the Week for the second time this season after a performance this last weekend. The Gophers will take on the Cornhuskers in a four-game series at home at Jane Sage Cowell Stadium. The Gophers baseball team is looking to end a four-game losing streak after being swept by Iowa last weekend. The Gophers will be back in action this weekend at home at Siebert Field where they'll take on Michigan in a three-game series. That's all for this week. Be sure to check our website, mndaily.com, for more coverage and tune in again next week to get the weekly rundown on all things go for sports. Thanks.